Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to another episode of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this Xbox podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's Xbox gaming news, and we all earn an Xbox-related fun fact together. This show is on podcast services around the world, so please subscribe on your favorite and leave a review. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's talk game releases. The big games that last week were Metal Wolf Chaos XD, Age of Wonders Planetfall, and Damsel. And the new games coming out this week are Ancestors Legacy, Solaris Utopia, Exception, Vasara Collection, Slay the Spire, and Aratana and the Twin Masks. Now onto last week's biggest news stories, and we have nine to cover. Number one, more single-player games are heading to Xbox, promises Phil Spencer. Alicia Judge at IGN writes, Xbox chief Phil Spencer has promised on Twitter that strong single-player games are a key focus for the platform and will be for the foreseeable future. After a Twitter user asked whether more single-player games will land on Xbox in the years to come, Spencer replied, quote, Yes, I can confirm. With the additions to Xbox Game Studios, we have a lot of teams that have built strong single-player-focused games, and we want that to continue. By name-checking the Xbox Game Studios, the 15 third-party studios that Microsoft acquired over the years, it would seem that Spencer is promising platform-exclusive single-player experiences, as opposed to games like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and Control, which will both launch across Xbox, PC, and PlayStation this year. Historically, Xbox has championed multiplayer titles, while its competitor PlayStation has been a home for story-driven experiences. However, controversial mechanics like loot boxes and microtransactions and multiplayer games are leading to a new renewed consumer interest in single-player narrative experiences, and Xbox seems to be listening. This is seen in the choices of studios it bought, most of which are known for strong single-player releases, Ninja Theory for Hellblade, Obsidian for Fallout New Vegas, and Exile for Wasteland 3, and Double Fine for Psychonauts 2. PlayStation has obviously dominated this generation with their core, strong single-player exclusives. God of War is one of my favorite games of all time, and I hope that Xbox can get its God of War from one of our first-party studios now. Number 2, and speaking of first-party studios, Gears 5 has gone gold. Dana Sissons at XboxWire.com posted on August 9th that, today the Coalition and Xbox are proud to announce that Gears 5 has gone gold, a major moment ahead of its launch next month. This is significant for us as game creators as it means the game disc has been released to manufacturing so that everyone can enjoy and play on September 6th through the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and Gears 5 Ultimate Edition. Really enjoyed Gears 4, I think it brought the franchise back into the limelight and set it great in a new direction. Can't wait to see Kate's story unfold this time around. Number 3, Nintendo, Microsoft, Sony working on a new policy for loot box probability. Jesse Wade at IGN writes, The Entertainment Software Association, or ESA, has announced that Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony are working on new loot box policies for their platforms that would disclose a range of odds for a player's purchase. ESA Chief Counsel of Tech Policy Michael Warnicke shared details Wednesday morning at the Federal Trade Commission FTC inside the game workshop surrounding loot boxes as reported by GameIndustry.biz. Warnicke explained what has been done prior to address loot box issues and followed with the announcement of a new probability system with Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo. Quote, that said we are doing more. I'm pleased to announce that this morning that Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony have indicated to ESA a commitment to platform policies with respect to the use of paid loot boxes in games that are developed for their platform. Platform. Specifically, this would apply to new games and game updates that add loot box features, and would require the disclosure of the relative rarity or probabilities of obtaining randomized virtual items in games that are available on their platforms. Quote, as well, many of the leading video game publishers of the ESA have decided that they are going to implement a similar approach at the publisher level to 
provide consumers this information and give them enhanced information to make purchase decisions. I am personally all for this. I love full transparency from video game developers and publishers. I personally don't care for loot boxes all that much even though I understand them from a business perspective. I would just like to be able to buy the items directly and not leave it to chance. Number 4. No Man's Sky Beyond's third pillar makes it the perfect point to jump in. Martin Robinson at Eurogamer notes, It's incredible to chart just how far No Man's Sky has come in just over 3 years. The latest trailer for next week's Beyond update, cut neatly to 65 days of Static's driving soundtrack, invites comparisons to our very first glimpses of No Man's Sky. Boldly so, you might say after some of the controversies around the launch as expectation and reality didn't quite match up for some, but it goes to illustrate how No Man's Sky has evolved, surely surprising anyone's expectations of what it would be. The Beyond update pushes No Man's Sky further still, introducing features and improvements that might come as a surprise, even to those who have been following its progress since Hello Games announced it earlier this year. There are mounts, rideable aliens, denser and more varied biomes, new construction and crafting, tameable creatures, milkable creatures, cooking and recipes, a new galactic map, a new discovery menu, a new word learning system, all new NPC races, NPC encounters on planet surfaces, improved base building that introduces logic and electricity systems and can allow for bigger bases. It can even allow, as Hello Games founder Grant Duncan mocked up before our visit to the studio, for a fully functioning game of Rocket League to be played out within No Man's Sky, and complete with a working scoring system. For all the No Man's Sky fans out there or those looking for a reason to come back in, this update seems massive and very robust. I tried to give the game a shot with the next update, I've only played for about 2 hours and unfortunately didn't pull me in, but this might give me a reason to go back in and play. Number 5. Plans vs Zombies Battle for Neighborville, a trademark filed by EA. Joseph Noop at IGN writes, Electronic Arts has trademarked Plants vs Zombies Battle for Neighborville in Europe according to Gamatsu. EA has yet to make any official announcement of the game, but the company has recently begun a closed testing period of the already confirmed Plants vs Zombies shooter, codenamed Picnic, on PS4 and Xbox One. Neighborville is the name of the series setting where the titular planets and undead tend to do all their battling. A leak on Reddit last month suggested that there won't be any story element and that the game will instead focus on more traditional games-as-a-service trappings, including 20 customable character classes, a social hub region, 3 free roam regions, 9 PvP modes, including a 4v4 arena mode, and more. I'll take a new version of the tower defense game, but for those interested, please enjoy. Number 6. Anthem's Cataclysm update wasn't worth the wait. Ethan Gotch at Kotaku writes, A massive storm rages overhead. Spend too much time in it and you'll die. Enemies stalk a handful of ancient ruins scatter around a rocky beach. Take too long trying to kill them, and the mission comes to an end, booting you back to the overworld map. At nearly every turn, Anthem's new limited time score base mode seems hostile to the prospect that someone might actually be interested in having some fun with it. Cataclysm arrived yesterday with little fanfare from Bioware. After spending several hours with it, I'm not surprised. The update adds a new activity called Echoes of Reality. It sets players loose in a large new environment punctuated by a handful of small arena fights and obtuse puzzles, then tops it all off with a boss fight that feels like it was Frankenstein together out of the already existing ones. It might be an otherwise nice seasonal addition in an alternate universe where Anthem is rolling along steadily with a lively player community in love with its underlying structure and progression system, but that's not the universe we live in. And instead of feeling like an impressive new milestone on the road to redemption, Cataclysm is a stark reminder of how hollow the whole Anthem experience still feels. Hearing some of the opinions on this over the past week, it seems like Cataclysm will be the final swan song for this game. What a disappointment. Number 7. Rocket League will axe loot crates. Liz Lanier at IGN writes, Cynix will phase randomized loot crates out of Rocket League later this year, the developer announced Tuesday in an official post. The loot crates will be replaced by a system in which the player can see exactly what items they will be purchasing in advance. Specifically, the developer referenced the changes that Epic Games made to Fortnite, Epic Games acquired Rocket League developer Cynix earlier this year, in which players can see what items are up for grabs before making a purchase with its X-Ray Llamas introduced earlier this year. Loot boxes have often proved controversial, and Cynix has 
endeavored to provide transparency in the past on its inclusion of randomized crates, having noted such issues three years ago when Cyanix first introduced its loot crate system to Rocket League. Quote, we are definitely aware of the problems related to third-party gambling in other games, and we are not interested in taking that approach, Sonic's Vice President Jeremy Dunham noted when explaining why Steam Marketplace integration with loot crates was not enabled at that time. Last year, Cyanix revealed the drop rate of items in Rocket League by rarity level. Later this year, players won't have any questions about the contents of the loot crates, which safeguards Sonic's against accusations of preying on players' hopes to make a quick buck. I love Rocket League, I love everything that Sionix has done with it, good for them on this, and I can't wait to see how it works. Number 8. Destiny's new cross-save feature coming later this month, Ryan Gilliam on Polygon writes. Despite Destiny 2 Shadowkeep's recent delay, Destiny's new cross-save feature is still on track for its late summer release date. In Bungie's weekly blog post on August 8th, the studio revealed that players can start accessing their Guardians across multiple platforms on Tuesday, August 20th. Once active, players can use their Guardians on any platform where they own Destiny 2. Players who spent hundreds of hours on Destiny 2 on PS4 could migrate their progress to the PC version of the game without missing a beat and vice versa. According to the cross-save hub on Bungie's website, the process for activating the feature seems relatively simple. Players can begin linking their PC, Xbox Live, and PlayStation Network account to a single Bungie account today. Once players link from their various platforms, they then need to select a group of dominant characters to play with. For example, if players have a Titan on Xbox and a Titan on PS4, players will need to pick one to use for crossplay and the other to remain dormant. After that, players should simply see their dominant characters for each class each time they log into Destiny regardless of the platform. Good for Bungie and Destiny, one of their biggest new features coming after they have separated from Activision. And number 9, a weird one. Call of Duty Modern Warfare has a Tamagotchi kept alive by your kills. Alicia Judge on IGN writes, Call of Duty Modern Warfare's multiplayer mode will offer a variety of gear for players to support their battle efforts, including a Tamagotchi that feeds on death. In case you entered the world after the 90s, Tamagotchis were small wearable devices that contained virtual pets. These toys tasked children with keeping the Tamagotchi alive by feeding it, cleaning it, and keeping it happy. So far, so wholesome. Developer Infinity Ward decided to implement a version of the Tamagotchis in the new Call of Duty as an alternative to the vanilla wristwatch that players can choose to wear in multiplayer. While the ordinary watch will display your real-world time and game, COD's Tama Gunchies will be directly affected by your kill-death ratio. Cool players have really picked up on our wristwatches, and they're curious to know more about how things are going to be developed with that, art director Joe M. Silly's told the Daily Star. Quote, for example, we've got one we call the Tama Gunchie. It's a Tamagotchi that feeds on kills. It's a one-off we got very creative with. I said to our engineers, can you make it so that while we're playing and I get kills in multiplayer, it kind of lives and grows? What a weird, weird world we live in. But I can't wait for Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Another reason to keep interested. As always, we end our show with a fun fact around Xbox, and this week is for the Gears of War franchise. Did you know what the Geist were, or could have been? Neither did I. With how the Locusts look and act, most players would agree that Locust is a pretty spot-on name for the horde of enemies. They normally appear as a swarm of enemies, and they have somewhat of a bug-inspired look. However, when the game was first planned and already somewhat in development, developer Epic Games had another name in mind for the antagonist, the Geist. Another word for ghosts, Epic Games had developed a lore around the Geist as almost mythical creatures similar to ghosts. However, developers Endspace released their first-person action game Geist in late 2015, so Epic Games fearing that it might be too much of a similarity quickly decided to change the name, eventually deciding on what the one we all knew and loved today. Luckily, the game wasn't too far in development, so not much had to be changed in order to accommodate the last-minute decision. Credit to Lukey Luby on thegamer.com for the fun fact this week. Thank you all for listening to the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. If you like the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast service, leave a review, share it with your friends, and follow on all social media at Xbox in 10. This past week, I played a little bit of Apex Legends Ranked Mode, which I very much enjoyed, and if few more missions in Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered's campaign. My name is Brandon Rosa. You can follow me on Xbox at Rosa93. I hope you all have a great week and keep on gaming.